0: Hey listeners, this month we are talking about a topic I have been curious about for a long while, Pony Play. And to take us through it we have a special guest to have a blast with, Mr Christopher Weston. But before that we have to thank our patrons. We have some new sign ups this month, so thanks to Adam Farris, Andrew Blackley, Connor Bone, Deco Verry, Brian C. Harry Hypnotist, and Matthew O'Mara, as well as also our all our $1 patrons too. You guys keep our show ad free And we are funding, upgrading our equipment and software so we can bring you the best show that we can. So thank you, and on with our interview. Hello, and welcome to the Kinky Boys podcast. I'm Craig. Today I'm joined by my co-host, Arza. And we're going to be talking about Pony Play with a lovely guest. He's uh, an adult performer, producer, one half of the What's the Safe Word show, and the internet's favourite daddy, Christopher Weston. Welcome.
1: Welcome. Hello, hello, hello! Thank you for having me on. Thank this you for agreeing to do this
0: Sunday morning. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Actually, I'm better in the mornings than at night. I, I start to fade at night, so this is good for me. Uh, I, you, am... you, and me both. See, I am the complete opposite.
0: I am like totally a night owl and I do my best stuff after midday. I get that. Yeah. So we wanted to have you on to talk about your experiences with Pony Play, which Mm. is slowly gaining traction. It's becoming more popular and see more people into it. And, you know, I find it personally fascinating. So for the first question, for someone who's never heard of it before, what exactly is Pony Play?
1: So, por- Pony Play, and you're right, it isn't, it isn't really mainstream in the gay community per se. It is more in the straight community. Mm. Um, and strangely, that doesn't appeal to me. And I'll, I'll explain that later. Mm. But Pony Play is uh, more like a, it's, it's another pet headspace, much like puppies. Everyone understands puppies when they get yep. into a puppy headspace. Um, it's a space I can go into that kind of brings out My animalistic side, but I'm not always that playful and chirpy. And if you know horses, when you approach a horse, Mm -hmm. you don't know if they like you or not. And you're a little timid to approach them because they're really big and they could kick you or bite you. And like dogs, you know, they're happy. Their 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 tails are wagging. They're shaking. Yeah, they're at like, signaling. Touch me, touch me, touch yeah. me. Horses <laughs> are very standoffish a little mm. bit, but when they do like you, they do nuzzle you. They do mm. like to be fed. All the things I like. I like being nuzzled and fed. <laughs> mm. Who doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> <laughs> and and it's another. It's a it's a kind of a sub headspace for mm. me too, because I do a lot of doming in my life. So it's it's a place where I can go, where I don't have to make a decision. I'm led around mm-hmm. like just a stupid, dumb animal. And it's a really nice, calming space for me to get into.
0: That does sound really nice. <laughs> so, so what do, what do you, like, what activities do you do while uh, in pony head space? Because I know, like, puppies, like, do training, or you can just play fetch with them, or just pet and mm-hmm. just rub them. So what, what 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 activities do you tend to do?
1: Well, one of the things I really like about pony play is, um, and, and by the way, I should say I am not an expert at all in pony play. I'm just mm-hmm. doing what works for me and what I like. And then I, I, I take different aspects of what I see other ponies doing, but I've really created it and curated it to my own
0: mm-hmm.
1: kind of playtime. And one of the things I like about horses is, they already have a lot of the gear that I like in my leather play, like the bit gag. Mm-hmm. They can be harnessed up, they bridled, bridled, um, tethered, tied down to a stall. Those are all incorporated in pony play, very much in a BDSM dynamic, more so, I think, than puppies. Puppies um, kind of grew out of—I'm I, I, kind of old guard myself, yeah. so— Puppy play was more a form of humiliation. You're going to treat someone like a dog, eat out of a dish, you're on your knees, da-da-da-da. And then it kind of evolved into what puppy play is today. Horse play, pony play, for me, is being this big, muscled, and just being treated like an animal. And a captive animal um, that is forced to work. You have to whip it. You have to uh, lead it around. Mm -hmm. You have to show it what to do and you show it what to do with commands and with a little bit of punishment and then reward and so for me i like to be almost naked um mm-hmm. with harnessed bridled high collar tall boots and that puts me in a pony headspace
0: nice so it's like the whole beast of working yeah. animal. yeah like
1: Pulling a plow in a field—that's yeah. that kind of imagery has gotten yeah. me hot before. Uh, I actually have a pony cart that I don't get to use very oh, wow. often. I love pulling uh, d- powerful DOMs around and being whipped on my ass as I do it. Uh, so,
2: just just to intervene here, so I. I guess my experience in the furry fandom is pony play, puppy play, all types of animal play are really big in that segment of the kink community, and it's interesting to hear you talk about the cart, because usually there are different types of pony. Some people view themselves as drafters or haulers, and it sounds like that's the category you're in. It sounds like the the show
1: pony. I like to be treated like a workhorse instead of a show pony. So no dressage. and And you're also right about the furry community. Because the furry um, community does all sorts of characterization of different types of animals. Mm-hmm. For me, I have a problem with that. I, I mean, I love furries, but I get so hot in those furry suits <laughs> that it isn't a sexual mm-hmm. on for me. Actually- and my pony play is, more, is all about my sexual energy. Mm-hmm. And also, it's another reason I'm, I'm not a big latex player. I love the way latex looks, but I'm a... Uh, older, hairy guy that I, you've got an hour and a half of me in latex before I'm like, out, 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 ow,
2: ow, get it out, get it out. <laughs> I very much <laughs> understand you that. say that. <laughs> Nine-tenths of the pony play I see in the furry community, they don't have their fursuits on for the reason you mentioned. They right. do have latex on traditionally, and the sure. thing that's really, really big is some ponies like to have their forearms and their calves wrapped. In yes. the same way you'd cool. see a racehorse with like that right. white wrap, it's got certain sort of tension to it, kind it of like a strict an bandage. And I like exactly. that. Yeah. yeah, you'll see a lot of that in pony play pictures. Out of the furry fandom, is the, the wrap is is almost like a signature thing. See, no, I agree with that, and yeah. I like that.
0: See, I like, and I'm guessing this is more from the workhorse side of things, where they've basically taken the big shoulder yoke, the big wooden shoulder yoke, and mm. it's That's um good yolk. Yeah, and they um, basically have cuffs on either end to keep the arms up and out the yeah. way, so you can't use your arms. Yes,
1: and, and that's that's what I love in a BDSM mm. scene. I like being tied down so I can't touch myself, but somebody else can. That vulnerability of being powerless and somebody else can touch mm-hmm. me, but I can't touch yeah. myself. I'm allowed to physically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when I'm tethered as a horse, another trope I love, is, you know, uh, they have these trotting wheels where um, it goes in a circle and it's harnessed to the horse's head. And it, yes, it, it, yes. So they trot around mm-hmm. in a circle. There's an old Conan movie where he was pushing a grinding <sighs> wheel around Yes, in a the first like one.
0: That. Yes, and it has the montage of yes. him just
1: growing bigger and
0: stronger as he's constantly yeah. pushing the wheel. So that's, that's what about
1: I that. grew up on. That was hot. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I've just always, I just wanted to have my arms laced behind my back, my chest thrust forward, cl- heavy clamps on them, cock and balls in a cage, and just be forced with someone with a single tail making me go around in a circle like that. Nice. Um, it's that's funny you thing. should
2: mention, when they did the Conan video game that's most recently been released, it's, it's kind of an online thing, yeah. you actually have the ability to go out into the wild. Find guys, literally club them over the head, drag them back to the wheel, and put them out there in your front yard to push it until they're broken and they'll be your slave.
1: Oh my oh, god, what video game
2: up. is this? I want to play it. What is it? Conan Exiles. Conan. And, and it's got full nudity, too, with wangs and everything, so you can say, also, you get no clothes and you're chained on the wheel. So it's, Oh my it's god, a- the,
1: puppy, the puppy just started a Twitch channel, and I'm dying to find video games we can play, although if you say there's nudity, I don't know if we can on Twitch. Um, but he, he keeps finding these zombie murder ones that I just, I'm not into.
2: <laughs> so. You and me both. Yeah. Thumbs down.
1: Uh, okay. Well, that one sounds good. Conan excels. I'm going to have to get that.
0: Yes. No, no, that. Okay. Now you've got me thinking of the first Conan movie and that, that, that <laughs> was a whole thing for me growing up.
1: That's for a
2: film podcast. <laughs> yeah. And
1: they could have broken him and made him a fucking like mm. big muscled stallion and just mm. pulling heavy objects across the field isn't that hot that is really hot <laughs>
0: <laughs> so so do you like have a mask with yours because i know you talked about mostly liking to be naked but
1: so like so for me it started out as this headspace of being treated like a slave or a work animal mm-hmm. so the horse part wasn't the characterization i had yeah. in my head so wh- where i got into this as a teenager was I read the have you ever read the trilogy by Anne Rice uh she went by Anne Rolloqui at the time Beauty's <gasps> Release so it's it's a very yes. sexual trilogy mm. where all of these gorgeous people were treated like sex slaves okay. and pony sex ponies and I think that's where the straight committee has really taken off because beauty was female but she ha- there was a a, a, a pony slave called tristan and the scenarios of tristan being left in the stable to tied with like spread eagle and nipples wow. out and hard cock and, and that is what i jacked off to so i always fantasized about being this slave pony without putting the pony part mm-hmm. to actual horse yeah i didn't get it the horse head space but it was more like being a slave called a pony So then it was as I developed and I started playing around with this more in my adult life, then I actually kind of, as being treated like a pony, fell into the pony horse head space as well as being a male sex object.
0: Oh, wow. So it sort of evolved from just sort of... Sure. Yeah.
1: So to answer your question, my puppy got me Mm. a pony, a leather pony head because I wasn't into the furry. I didn't Hmm. want a big furry head. And some of the pony heads that I had seen, and sea pony is a pony out there. Oh, they're I like related.
0: molded rubber, aren't they?
1: Molded rubber. So again, for me, it's like putting on a helmet. Yeah. It's it. It didn't get me into that space. And so the puppy, Mister S, uh, uh, Squish, uh, a leather maker there, made me a uh, pony hood that really it just feels like the bishop mm-hmm. head harness. I don't know if you know which one that is. It just goes over your head, and it has the shape of a horse. And that that really made me fall into a nice. pole base. Yeah.
2: yeah, some guys are down for just the blinders, and then some people like that whole head thing. I think for the same reason a lot of pups report that it's very mm-hmm. soothing is because that gentle pressure on the head also sort of adds to that soothing quality to the play. Yeah, I truly
1: didn't get it until I had my own hood. And then it became my own identity. And so it really made me identify with puppies a lot more when I had my own horse head. So, like,
0: do so you have, like, a uh, pony name? Because I know a lot of puppies take a puppy name for when they're in play. Do you have one? I've
1: been calling myself PK for Pony Chris. But, no. yeah, I, I, I guess I need a, a, a legitimate pony name. No, PK sounds
2: good. Like PK? Yeah. 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 I've been calling it's, it PK. It's that or, or you know, Pony Conan. <laughs> Code and the workhorse. <laughs> I've Yeah, put and been... the workhorse. <laughs> I can be PK, but I've never been pizza. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh,
0: Bravo,
2: yeah, well played.
1: I do find the idea
0: of the blinders really hot where like you've got a bit of vision but you're just like completely tunneled into what you're working on.
1: absolutely, because yeah. you know when I play in BDSM just <laughs> sex, I always was whenever a top put a blind fold mm-hmm. over me. I was always able to kind of wiggle it around a little bit just so it went up my eyelids mm-hmm. a little bit. so like you can peek down and you can kind of see what Dom is doing.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I've
1: always been that kind of like it's a very voyeuristic yeah. feeling of being they think you're blindfolded, mm-hmm. but you're not. So I really I love the pony blinders for that reason, because it's trying to force you to look ahead. but I can still see out the side of my mm-hmm. eye with those.
0: I used to do that. when I, Whenever I was blindfolded, when I was um, uh, mummified by my old sir, he always used to wrap a bandana, but obviously it left out a lot under the eyes around my nose. So I could mm-hmm. have a pretty yep. good idea, so, and he's like, can you see anything? That's like, like
1: having a blinders on, right? Yeah. Yeah. No,
0: I can't see anything, sir.
2: I
1: can't see anything. <laughs> I can't see your
2: big cock about to go into <laughs> me. Yeah. <laughs> This is why I never believe my boys when they say that, and I'm like, okay, oh, no, I'm more can't. layer on aud-
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I get that, also.
0: Yeah. I mean, one of the pieces of gear I always want to get is um,
1: the hooves. And I know mm. this is
0: more, because obviously they're not practical.
1: but No, they're not. And so this is going to be my next piece of gear, because mm. I've seen the hooves. They're kind of like, and, and the straight community uses those a lot, but the females are mm. used to... Um, Heels, right?
0: Yeah, they are sort of like I, high heels.
1: horse. I am going to fall over on those fuckers. Seapony has a pair, and I don't know how he navigates a, a convention floor in those things. It's, it's, it's a piece of art, <laughs> what he does. Oh, yeah. Um, like, like for so, me, it but, is um, purely a visual thing, like, Yes.
0: Like, and, um, and, I've my, got my Swiss, big, oops, I'll let you speak.
1: Squish, who did uh, my hood, <laughs> is transforming a pair of old co- combat boots for me that have this flap on the on the toe mm-hmm. of the boot that looks like a a hoof oh wow so i can wear my leather gear with the hoof on it and my heel is down on the ground
0: Ah, oh, that so, sounds
1: awesome really excited about getting those done
0: oh fantastic that sounds like a great piece of gear yeah right? like i could see that idea of like really taking off because um, I want to get those hooves, because uh, my big brother Adam, he also co-hosts to this show. Um, he's really into bull play, and I'm into t- making people into bulls, and that's the same thing of these big hooves on a Damn. big muscular guy.
1: That would be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all for the steers and cows. Mm-hmm.
0: And then yeah, you now you
1: just brought up another uh uh aspect of it. Uh, when you're talking about the fantasy of it, mm-hmm. is the milking. I like to be. Like, tied yes. down in a stable and milked and told I'm being used for my semen. Um, so I know I that's a always... big one
0: for lots of people. Uh,
1: sure. <laughs> yeah. I was always into bondage and edging to begin mm. with. So now being an animal slave and forced to be milked, is goes right into that fantasy for me oh yeah because it's that sort of
0: dehumanizing
1: very dehumanizing and
2: that's what i'm all about when i sub nice i i I know a household of folks who identify more with various types of farm animal play bulls boars and they're moving and as part of their little twitter feed of here's what we're setting up for the move they showed off casually their four teat milker (laughs) and i i I guess that's sort of like a, a family event for them is let's, let's sit around the milker and hook ourselves up. And I'm like, that's a bad idea.
1: <laughs> but you just kind of pointed out the downside of this, having this fetish is it takes a lot of space. <laughs> not, not many people in tiny apartments have this kind of space to yeah. be able to live out these fantasies. Not everyone has a barn in their backyard. Right. Um, or a four way milker, <laughs> yeah. as you pointed out. Um, so I don't get to do it very often because I like to be outdoors. Mm-hmm. I like to pull a cart. You need a lot of space to do such a thing and it's not societally acceptable. So you can't just do it going down the street. I yeah. mean, I can't yeah. here in San Francisco and have, but not normally, uh, be your sexual self outdoors yeah trotting around as a horse it's like there's not very many opportunities
0: yeah the only people like i'm uk based and the only people i really hear about are essentially if you know one one or two of the people like down in essex with a small estate the smallest um where like they have these very secluded large grounds where they can do this sort of large outdoor stuff with carts and pulling yeah
1: and, and not having a large estate myself It's it's, it's kind of hard to do.
2: (laughs) That's one of the big draws for me moving out west is back east. I once had a dungeon, the term laughingly, that was literally an add on to the tiny apartment I was in. They had taken the back porch and they had just like walled it in, had no heat, Mm. had like a window that they had left in the wall between the bedroom and the back room. It kind of worked, but it really limited the scenes I could do. Now that I'm out west and I have a garage dungeon and all the other stuff that we on the past podcast mm-hmm. it's the same deal it opens up more opportunities and when you're in a rural setting you can do things like long distance drafter cart pulls and things right if you don't and... you have to do more of the show pony thing in an urban setting yes you but, are correct
0: i mean i suppose the milking scene you could probably do quite easily a small apartment mm-hmm. oh
2: yeah you don't need to move much
0: <laughs> <laughs> that could be quite good i mean you talked about like the big leather family doing it all together that is an aspect of it i like when um it's that sort of Beast being milked is sort of you are one of many, you're a part of a herd, and like you're just there as yes. part of like your master's collection
1: of animals. You're not anything special, you're just a piece of livestock. Mm-hmm. Exactly, you're here to produce.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's good. What's actually been funny is uh, so I, I got the puppy first before I really started exploring the pony play, and we, we have the show What's the Safe Word. Um and so everyone knew of him as a pony, so as I, or as a puppy. And so as I, I started coming out as a pony and it kinda of became clear that the puppy was leading me around <laughs> usually in our episodes. Um, it really the the term a dog and pony show really stuck and was fitting so now we call it the dog and pony show (laughs) nice
2: (laughs) that's actually really marketable you should go with that oh we
1: are we are it's all over our website go check it out (laughs) (laughs) Ah, fantastic
0: um so yeah one thing you touched on uh, right at the start is it sort of like really came from like the straight kink scene because i remember when i was first getting into kink um like it was very much Puppies was a boys thing. It was all men, yep. entirely male. There weren't really any female puppies. And pony play was all straight women. And it was sort of yes. that sort of puppies are boys, cats are girls sort of thing. And like yes. over the years it's really started to dissolve and people are experimenting more, which is always a good thing.
1: No, it's a great thing, I think. Um because everyone you know and I, I really give puppies a lot of credit for just making mm. animal role play. Yeah, so I'm really thankful for the puppy community because they really normalized um, being in an animal headspace mm-hmm. um, for the kink community. And it took a long time for my generation, the older guards, to mm-hmm. really a- a- accept this. I always viewed it as a really good thing because it was, I called it kind of like an introduction to kink. It was the, this younger generation coming up and getting into this headspace of play uh, without it being that dungeon, uh, scary vibe. They made it yeah. fun and playful. And so I found that they were able to explore their kinks easier without that sadomasochistic uh, protocol. You yeah. have to be this way or look this way to be able to play this way. And that was very much kind of the style uh, for a long Mm -hmm. time I came out. Yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah,
0: It always seems really good to me because, like, kink can be this very imposing thing. And, you know, the very serious, very dour, very threatening um, look can be hot. I mean, that's part of why a lot of people do it. But it also really prevents a lot of people who aren't into that, like, getting in and exploring the fun end.
1: Oh, look, when I was 20. I wanted that Tom of Finland style leatherman mm-hmm. to like dominate and fuck me. But I look like a blonde haired little skinny Twinkie. Mm-hmm. They didn't give me the time of day. I'd go to the Eagle and, and I didn't have money for gear. I'd, I'd be dressed in yeah. jeans, tennis shoes and not knowing what protocol was. And they wouldn't give me the time of day. And I was like, I just want this big leather daddy to kiss me. That's all I want. Hmm. (laughs) Um, So I get, um, I I find the generation of puppies that came up, they, they um, sometimes they feel awkward. They don't know how to reach out. And I think that when they um, put on that puppy hood or they get in that puppy persona, it's a way of them to um, get out of themselves and put themselves out there. Right. And so for me, it just opened up a whole, I mean, look at all these amazing puppies mm-hmm. now in our community. And now they're, they're like, oh, you smack them on the ass. They're like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Maybe I will explore yeah. impact play a like, little bit more. So, many... so it just gave us a whole much bigger audience to play with.
0: Oh yeah. Like so many puppies I know growing up, because I, ca- I came into the kink scene when the puppy scene was really taking off. And I had all the older women saying, oh, you're going to be a puppy. And I'm like, no, I'm not a puppy. I'm not a puppy. <laughs> but all my friends who were puppies, they've sort of grown and started to explore more. And right. like they yeah, started off in perfect. sort of the fun, like playful end. And now they're trying the harder end, as it were. Right. And I'm like, oh, welcome. <laughs>
1: yes, welcome to daddy's Welcome to daddy. So I, I've always embraced it as a great thing. So now with pony play and the crossover and, and now more and more females, non-binary are are exploring puppy play as well and, and finding a welcome community for them there. So I think the same now can be with the ponies and, and, you know, you don't have to be a pony. You can be a stallion. You can be a workhorse. You're going to make it masculine if that's what you need to be to make it okay for yourself. Um, and i'm i'm digging it i just and, and so the more i talk about it the more i find it's always been a hidden fantasy for a lot of people
0: oh yeah so many fetishes like people don't even realize they have them until others start talking about it and then sure. they realize this yeah. is a thing yeah it's like, yeah yeah yeah. so one of the things we always like to uh, touch on when uh, discussing a new fetish is safety now i sure. imagine there's Not much that you wouldn't do in a regular scene to think of, but is there anything you can think of that people really need to watch out when doing pony play?
1: I mean, kind of the same as when you're doing pup Mm. play. Um, Like, as I'm getting older, I'm 52 now, Mm -hmm. so there are certain positions I just can't get into anymore, and a lot of them are my favorite positions, like being on your knees. I just, you know... If I get down on the floor <laughs> take three people to get me back up. <laughs> so, <laughs> um and it's just hard on my knee. So, you know, just have proper gear like knee pads like you would for a puppy if you're getting down. A lot of a lot of some of the horse play is the DOM or the handler riding.
0: Mm-hmm. Um
1: and that can be very stressful on the body. So just and the back, and you just gotta you, you're still human so yeah. be very mindful that they can support the weight and a and if you're like riding them around the living room on their hands and knees it's going to be a very short period of time that not unless they're just a spry 18 year old who can handle it
0: yeah just be aware of limits and I imagine if if you're a workhorse just what cooling down after a ha, like doing the mm-hmm. cool down making sure the muscles are taken care of if you've been really straining them
1: but that can Hydrate. be a part of it, being rubbed down, oh. um, is, is part of taking care of a horse. So I love being rubbed down.
0: <laughs> nice.
1: <laughs> I mean, then... I'd love to give you a
0: rub down, but. <laughs> <laughs> but then the um, other thing
2: is if you're doing a lot of that heavy exertion stuff. Don't forget hydration as well. Mm-hmm. You want to make sure that you're not going to pass out in a field somewhere in, in full pony gear while everyone tries to get you out of your tack. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, I was pulling a cart once with um,
1: <laughs> a heavier set gentleman, which was really hard, and I was in full latex. And uh, by the end of that, I just collapsed on the ground. <laughs> and I was just like, I needed water desperately, but I, I couldn't even ask for it because my mind just stopped working. Yeah, yeah, like... Uh, it's way overheated and exhausted, so...
0: Oh yeah, it's and that can be scary. I've had a guy. I was chatting to a guy at a rubber party, and he just overheated and just collapsed, and that was scary because oh, it does come on really fast. Oh so, yeah. yeah, so you know, hydration, keep the blood sugar up. You know, maybe offer Hydrogen. a sugar cube.
2: Mm-hmm. Actually, not a bad thought. Not a bad thought at all. <laughs> so, and and a,
1: a lot of uh, horses, is nonverbal. Mm-hmm. So the same with puppies. Puppies are able to say a lot more because of. Their body language is like shaking tails, you know, they're happy, you know, they're yeah. droopy ears, if they're sad, they can turn their tail around. Horses don't have a lot of emotions. Um, so, uh, it really is up to the handler to be in tune with how the horse is reacting.
0: Yeah. So, so do you like have any sort of ways to signal? Like, is it clomp three I, times if you want a safe word or?
1: I'm really bad with noises mm-hmm. and sometimes actually trying to do pony noises throws me out of my own headspace. Um, but I just, I just pull away and I like not being able to talk. And so yeah. I just, if I don't like something, I pull away much like a horse would. Oh, so just keep um, obviously like language. Yeah. Yeah. If I like something, yes. I'll lean into it. Um, so one place I would uh, recommend people go, and he does a really excellent job of explaining headspace and stuff, is the website cpony dot net, and he has a lot of links of um, places uh, that sell pony gear and um, do pony play. Nice. Um, he's he's always been a great uh, resource for me to go to.
0: Yeah, I keep seeing him like posted around social media a lot, so it's good to know that he has a proper website.
1: So, yeah, he yeah. has a great website. Actually, it's probably one of the best ones out there.
0: Oh, nice. I have noticed like personal websites are making a comeback in the kink community.
1: Like, and it's because Tumblr's gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Tumblr's
0: gone, and
1: yeah, and all social media companies are throttling sex yeah. um, stuff, so now oh, you're going to have to own it yourself again.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and part of me's kind of glad people are doing their own blogs, like. I actually used to follow your blog. I think it was on Blogger. Yes. Yeah, like that was one of the first kink blogs I ever saw. That was fantastic. Oh yeah.
1: Thank you. And it was mainly just pictures of things I found hot mm. on the internet, right? Um so it wasn't up until about 2016 when Tumblr made blogging very easy. Yeah. That uh, cuz I had mrchristopher.com for since like 2010 and it was and I went through a bunch of different blogging vehicles to do that and one by one they kept getting shut down then tumblr came along and made blogging sex acts really easy Mm. and that's where i started documenting my own life and my own play experiences before that it was just hot bondage pictures i found everywhere before everyone else was doing it and then tumblr made everyone else do it (laughs) (laughs) and then when tumblr shut down it kind of which actually was not necessarily a bad thing for me because i was doing tumblr for free uh, When Tumblr shut down, then everyone moved to fan platforms and then that monetized my content, which actually made it a really good thing for me. <laughs> yeah. <'cause, laughs> I, I, I enjoyed that. Because um, people enjoyed uh, paying for the work. So that was great. Yeah. Um, I don't know how like I think Twitter is the last platform that you can put sex acts out there and I don't know how long they're going to let us continue to do that, but i yeah, full I'm, advantage of that while we can. Yeah,
0: they're they're the last big one. I, I I mean I'm hoping other platforms will pop up. Like there are some new ones on the horizon. But yeah, it is really good with the like just for fans, only fans is my guys. That because I know for a long time, like in the porn industry, people were really struggling to keep income cut because so many people were just sharing all their content I lost for
1: yeah, I've worked on porn for thirty years. I, I worked for Colt Studio, which I, is ironic because I, I Colt Studio. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> that shut us. I mean, we used to spend so much money shooting content. We our productions were like ten, twenty thousand dollars a production. And then when Tumblr actually kind of is was the death knell because everyone just started putting their own. Porn out there and then all these fan sites gave the models themselves a platform to control their own content the studios they they couldn't survive yeah so yeah
0: and that and, and in some ways like it's sad to see some things over i also think it's been very good that performers can really control their own sort of
1: no i mean every it's a double-edged sword Mm -hmm. i've watched the industry go from vhs tape to dvd to Mm -hmm. internet i've watched the transformation over all of these years and each time there's a good and there's a bad and um it's great that performers now have that the bad side now though is there's a lot less um, produced fantasy out there. Yeah. So in the 80s and 90s, we used to do a lot of storyline porn where we would make the porn actors act or try to act. Yeah. And, and there was a, this theme. It wasn't just, thank God you two plumbers arrived. It was like, uh, well, we're, we're some so glad
2: play? that the archaeologist here. actual And actually, a friend of mine read in his porn debut, and I'm like, oh, Brian. Oh, and, that. and at the
1: time, we would get all these letters like, oh, just stop the acting, just get to the sex, get to the sex. Now that's where we're at. All it is is sex, sex, sex. There's no, and now anytime there's a storyline anywhere, people flock to it because part of fantasy is the fantasy aspect, not just the sex act.
0: Yeah, especially yeah. in <laughs> fetish. Like, a lot of the time, the setup and setup of mm-hmm. power dynamics and the surround.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah and... why is this band so dirty <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah i mean i've got a friend who's been trying to do more like storyline based stuff on his only fans and it is hard it's so hard to get a lot of money and time <laughs> yeah yeah and, and this ties <laughs> into like
2: continuity and story and all that other stuff you have to worry about where before it was just like this orifice will be receiving this appendage now it's like okay last scene when julio was entering the room talk to right, Mark about exactly. his feeling you know yeah no i i hear
0: you i mean you've just reminded me of that that joke going on around about uh erotic stories like mm-hmm. multi-part erotic stories have this way of spiraling out so the first chapter is like um person a fucks person b and by the time you get on to chapter 37 it's like so they're on this secret island and the <laughs> evil scientist is about to release the gas and the
1: Uh, yeah yeah. well so for me like i just said the reason i'm into pony play was that story uh beauty's release mm. it's a great trilogy um and that's what gets me off reading the fantasy gets me Mm. off and so like i don't get off to porn usually i get off to the story and so i can get hard reading words more than seeing a video
0: oh i'm exactly the same like the atmosphere and the story does so much more
1: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah
0: And it's Yeah, um I mean I know like burnout's a thing and it and it's the same for like Instagrammers and YouTubers where you're expected to be a one man production company. Right. Like <laughs> I know you guys spend a lot of time because is it AMP that does a lot of the background production? Oh my god.
1: AMP okay, so I wouldn't be doing this if it hmm. weren't for AMP. AMP is like a one man show. He's great on air talent, he can drive a conversation. <laughs> He does the research beforehand. I just show up and, and, and yeah. a lot of what I say is ad-libbed. Uh, but he's got a plan and a roadmap of everything. And then on top of that, he knows how to work cameras and editing and technology. And then his, his editing, he makes every, it, the, I don't mm. care how dry the subject. He makes it interesting with pop culture references that he pops in and music. And yeah, it's just. Just out of the word. If you haven't seen what's the safe word, you should definitely check out. Oh, definitely videos. So.
0: It is so entertaining, right? Like, oh,
1: it, he, yeah. he blows me away every week.
0: Oh yeah, cause... and now
1: so so now I'm watching the next frontier. Yeah. So YouTube has um it has pretty much censored any usage of the word gay or gay topic. So we don't get monetized on YouTube.
0: Yeah, is at all isn't there a lawsuit ongoing about that?
1: Yes, so we're lo- we're suing Google over this because we could put the exact same video up twice, and in the title of one say mm-hmm. "gay men playing cards" and the other one just saying "playing cards," and the "gay men playing cards" will be demonetized every oh, single God, time. That's and awful. so I mean, yeah. we've got this documented over and over and over. Um, it just it's going to be a long time coming because Google's fighting hard and they've got yeah. lots of money, but. So, but now I'm watching this Twitch platform and I'm not a gamer, but it's a very fascinating platform because you can interact live with your fans and your hmm. viewers. Whereas you can't on YouTube. YouTube, you're just posting a video. Yeah. So now when we do, um, not only do we game, but we do, um, fetish topics hmm. and people can, Ask us live on real time and we can answer live in real time.
0: Oh, cool. So you don't get censored for like talking about sex.
1: Don't get censored, and then people pay for a membership to uh watch your content and we're on it three times a week now. So they for five dollars a month they can sit there, interact with us and talk. So I really think this is the future of platforms, even though it's built for gamers. I, I really see educators being able to get onto this platform and expand. And so that's that's what we're doing right now.
2: Oh, yeah, because... which just becoming a little bit of everything to everyone. These days, It's in a weird way, in a lot of ways, it's also taking the place of television. It becomes yeah. something that's in the background for me because there are now movie studios that are like, hey, we can promote our content if we stream con- movies nonstop. And I often have wondered... How big a gulf is there between let's stream movies to let's stream adult content? I've often wondered if Twitch might not be better served by a Twitch After Dark, if you will. There is. Yeah, a, I don't. I there, don't know where they'll go with that. There or, or is a
0: version what? already out there, uh, Plex Storm. I know a lot of people use, which is basically Twitch, but you are allowed to be fully nude and do sex acts on it. And, sort and
2: of- now. To look up after this podcast. Yes, uh, I have
0: a very nice cat boy who does um game streaming on there. I'll point you his direction.
1: <laughs> cat boy, okay. Yeah,
0: cat boys seem to be really gaining in popularity at the moment. Like talking about pet play, like that's another big one coming up. All right, yeah. okay. I want to hear that episode. Yeah, I have no idea how you do cat play. It's just like, do you just like knock bottles of water off tables, or
2: <laughs> you laugh and yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: Oh. yeah they, attention
2: they... whoring does come into a lot
1: <laughs> <laughs> well i can't wait to hear that one <laughs> fantastic
0: so yeah thank you so much for coming on the show this has been brilliant absolutely
1: yeah no i hope i shed some light on it um i hope more and more people try to get into pony play because i would you love too. to find people into it um it's really hard to find anyone that's into it or know what to do because it's such a new topic oh yeah and that's why I kind of put out what I do. So whenever really? I'm successful at it, I put it up on my OnlyFans and my Just for Fans, and yeah. I let people watch it. and And the comments that I get are all very positive, and people thinking it's hot. So I'll have to do more of nice. that, I guess.
0: Oh, please do! <laughs> but yeah.
1: So you've got your
0: OnlyFans. You've uh, obviously got um, your show with Amp. Uh, What's the same uh-huh. word? You now do a podcast. That's like a companion I mean, we do, show to
1: do too? a podcast called What's Your Safer? Yeah. So now we do that every week. So podcasting was a new thing for me too. Yeah. Learning to talk into a microphone was really hard for me for some reason. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like I've been doing this for like three years and I still can't get decent audio quality because I just don't want to talk to the microphone.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's all, it, that's, so that's the technical aspect you were talking mm, about yeah. earlier, where you have to be a jack of all trades. And people don't realize... There's something weird, really weird, like having your lips like half an inch from a microphone for you to get good audio. That is just like it's kind of like someone standing too close to you trying to talk to you. Yeah, it's you uncomfortable. Just want to back away from it, right? <laughs> and stuff. so doing videos so long is always a boom mic or a lavalier, so it was never in your face. So podcasting it takes a little bit to get used to. So you guys are doing a great job. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's absolutely. All great. It's all great.
0: <laughs> great. So, yeah, thank you very much. I recommend, guys, check out your stuff. It is fantastic. And thank you for coming on the show.
1: Yeah, anytime. I love talking about these things. If you have another topic, I'm happy to come back. Oh, brilliant. Oh, we will. Don't worry. (laughs) I do want to get someone
0: on to talk about being a daddy, like what that means.
1: So if you're up for that. Yeah, I I, I have a little experience on the daddy thing. Yeah. Brilliant.
0: (laughs) Brilliant. So, yeah. So to our listeners, I hope you've enjoyed this episode and play safe.